Listeners, welcome to G.I. Joe Berg podcast episode number four. This is a bit of a misnomer because why? Because two of us are actually broadcasting this podcast from Cape Town, which for those listeners who don't know South African geography is to the southwest. It's on the coast. Joburg's nice and inland. Yeah, and the notable uh, differences about Cape Town, though, is that they tend to wake up later in the morning and tend to go home earlier in the afternoon. And that's the way we like it. <laughs> the reason why we're broadcasting from Cape Town is I'm joined this evening not only by Paul, but a dear old friend of mine, also lover of, of G.I. Joe and collecting. His name's Robert. Say hi, Rob. Hi, Rob. Hi. Hello. <laughs> Everybody's a joker. <laughs> All right, our agenda for this evening. We're going to introduce ourselves a little bit, speak about why we love G.I. Joe. We're then going to address the forthcoming releases, the movie line toys from Retaliation. And then we've got a nice little nostalgic kicker to end us off. So, going around the circle, I have a set of speakers representing Paul this evening. So, hey Paul, why don't you tell us about uh, what G.I. Joe means to you and why you love collecting? Let's start off with toys. uh, As a kid, I've always loved toys. I was, well, six years old during the the boom of both the toy and video gaming build up. A big thing for me, yeah, G.I. Joe's just appealed to me. I mean, they were, I think articulation is the first thing that comes to mind when I think of G.I. Joe. It became a standard for me as a kid. If a toy wasn't as articulated as a G.I. Joe, it wasn't as cool as a G.I. Joe. Yeah, yeah. Star Wars couldn't hold a candle. Star Wars, um, the X-Men toys, and a, a lot of other figures. I think the only thing growing up as a toy that really came close to G.I. Joe for me was probably Lego, because I could get the same satisfaction out of Lego that I could get out of G.I. Joe in a way, which is odd. But yeah, I would say that was one of the big contenders for my time. <laughs> and it wasn't for the figures themselves. I mean, Lego micro figures are always pretty basic in their articulation at least. Other competitive brands have improved on the articulation, but the standard Lego man has remained the same for, I don't know, decades, 40 years, okay. I guess. One thing that I find that they share in common is they both have vehicles and you can both put the guys in the vehicles and in the case of Lego, you can make your own vehicles, which is pretty cool. And that was always a, a big thing for me. I think I speak for you here as well, is that the vehicles are some of the coolest things in the Joe line. And we're going to get into it now when we start talking about our favorite memories, because one of mine has to do with a vehicle. Well, why don't you start with that, man? Hit it. Um, so when I was younger, the first G.I. Joe I ever got was Sci-Fi, and he was pretty cool. Around the same time, I did get a Snake Eyes, a uh, version 3 Snake Eyes with the goggle eyes. Nice. And... The Stalker with the canoe, but I got the Stalker before the Snake Eyes, long before the Snake Eyes. I always thought, okay, well, these figures are really interesting because the Stalker had all these funny little bits that you could put together, and that was very much a construction thing. And once again, coming back to Lego, Lego had a very construction feel. Then one day, I saw an ad in a Dion's brochure. If you bought any 50 Rand vehicle or 50 Rand... I don't know, something for girl toys. I can't even remember what it was. You got a free bag of marbles. And if you bought another figure, you got some kind of deal. But I pretty much went to that Dion's the first time and I met my warthog. No. And that is a legendary vehicle, my friends. In my mind, still one of the best vehicles from the Joe line. Wow. I mean, that turned me on to toys. I mean, I think I got it. Uh, I got the box, it was a big mystery, you didn't know, that was the cool thing about the old toys, you didn't know what was inside, but I didn't know that you had to assemble it, so when I saw that you had to assemble it, that was a major plus, it floats, it was just a complete boom, I don't think 
anything G.I. Joe-wise has ever compared to that moment for me. So hang on, um, did you get a free bag of marbles? or? I got a free bag of marbles, yeah. <laughs> and the other vehicle that I left with that day was a Fang 2, which was, that's what it was. When you got a big vehicle, you could get a smaller vehicle cheaper or something that had some deal. So I also got a Fang 2. Amazing. The economics of Joburg astound me because growing up in Cape Town, there were no such deals, my friend. Yeah. yeah. I don't think I ever walked out of a store with more than one vehicle. It was like, save up all your money for that one amazing thing and then start saving for the next one. Oh, I think that was the only time I ever recalled actually being able to walk out of a shop with more than one vehicle was that day. Because ever since then, it's only been one vehicle. The only other big vehicle after that for me was the Cobra Bug, which is also a bit of a legend, <laughs> you know, no in its own right. No doubt. Same year as well. And yes, actually. Similar speciality of the... Warthog with its amphibious landing stylings. And also the fact that I think a big thing for me as a kid as well was let's see how many G.I. Joes you could stuff into one of them. <laughs> I love nooks and crannies and I still love nooks and crannies now um, in action figures. Whenever you get a toy and you can open up doors or storage compartments and you can store things like weapons or people in there, I always think it's really cool. I think that stayed on with me now because I'm looking at this Optimus now and the fact that he's got little like opening flaps and everything still blows my mind. You know, so. that was the biggest disappointment for me with the bug. In yeah. my in my 10-year-old mind, when I was eyeballing this box under my Christmas tree, I was looking at the catalog picture and just imagining all the interior play space that this thing must have. It's got yeah. all these opening doors and things, but nothing connected, like the rear hatch doesn't connect to the front hatch. The side hatches are their own separate compartments that house those jet skis. As a 10 year old, I thought everything must connect and there's this cool little headquarters inside with swiveling chairs and computer screens. I guess I was hoping it would be like the Starship Enterprise, <laughs> but it had its limitations. And hey, it's not a yep. failing of the vehicle. It's all functional, good, submersible stuff, but yeah. I expected more. Anyway, let's switch roles here. Rob, why don't you tell us about G.I. Joe in your life, my friend? I mean, I think I always collected G.I. Joes, but earlier on it was more sort of Thundercats and He-Man. But maybe my mom preferred the sort of fantasy figures more than the... Guys with guns. Yeah, she was like, no, no guns, no, don't need those. <laughs> so I think one of the my earliest memories of getting a Joe was Scoop. I think she thought this was a safe Joe to get me. She was like, he's got a camera, you know, he's a reporter, he's, he's cool. He's you know, dressed he's in yellow. <laughs> it's not yellow, it's kind of like a muted uh, mustard. And green, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, yeah, I think it's it's good color scheme, and I he grew on me, and that's probably why I enjoy film so much because I was always filming all the other Joes and Cobras dying with Scoop. (laughs) 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 And he wasn't completely pacifist. He had a very well concealed silenced pistol, as I recall. Yes. So well concealed that Rob lost it very quickly. (laughs) That and the microphone. But I mean, what child could keep such a small accessory? like his headset microphone together. It must have been just notorious for disappearing. I lost the, the big yellow missiles on the Warthog, so I don't blame <laughs> you. Yeah, oh man. You know what they say, like rugged construction for... Uh, no, sturdy construction for rugged play. <laughs> I'm going to edit that. <laughs> Alright, I was visiting a friend of mine who was doing a stint in one of the local prisons uh, down in the Cape. And... Prisons are one massive bureaucracy. They're so strict on their rules. If you went during the week, you could only see 
uh, awaiting trial prisoners. If you went on the weekends, you could see convicted felons. But the weekend that I happened to go and, and want to visit my friend, serving hard time, they decided to have a roll call and no one was available for visitation. So I was like, oh, well, darn. I am in this neck of the woods. Let me visit this dusty old toy shop, which was the scene of many cool G.I. Joe purchases back in the day. They seem to have this amazing backlog of dead stock that just would have dried up from other conventional toy stores many, many years before. Washed up on the African shores, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I went to the store with hope in my heart, thinking, you know, it's been a while since I've checked it out. The chances are I'll find nothing. Maybe a few carded Star Brigade Dukes with a sort of robotic armor. <laughs> oh, those, yeah. Yeah, they were great fun. But lo and behold, on the bottom shelf, underneath some stuff, assorted crap, I find a mint-in-box tomahawk helicopter. Unbelievable. I remember when you told me this, dude. Blows my mind. Well, I got a bit of a reputation for it. I stopped in at some anonymous comic shop, your side of the world, in Johannesburg. I was talking to the guy and mentioned that I, I enjoyed G.I. Joe and mentioned that I was from Cape Town and he said, you're the Tomahawk guy, right? <laughs> yeah. So I guess I have you to thank for that, Paul, putting me out into the uh, fanboy community. <laughs> yeah. But it was it was a fantastic find. It is my favorite G.I. Joe vehicle, hands down. Uh, nothing beats it in terms of functionality, design, iconic status. It just is one of those vehicles that is so essential to the G.I. Joe line, oh, which is why better. the fanboys are frothing at the mouth that there is no substitute for the Tomahawk, and has been no substitute for the Tomahawk in many, many years. Night attack chopper notwithstanding. I mean, I think <laughs> that thing could only hold three figures anyway. It was a bit of a missed opportunity in that, you know, you had the belly of this craft, which could have been hollowed out and, and made a bit more troop uh, accommodating, but they didn't. And... But anyway, but, uh, the Tomahawk rocks. Come on, Hasbro, give us a give us a reuse of that mold if you can find it. Or finally give, <laughs> yeah, give yeah, Cobra I mean, their own vehicle. I mean, Cobra's never had a proper transport vehicle. Yeah, whatever happened to that big purple chopper? Was it purple or blue? Yeah. Depending on the the artist. Absolutely. The Modeled on the Sikorsky Sky Crane, I think it was. Is that what it is. Yeah, well, it had to know that it had those two support struts with the wheels on either side of the cargo hold, and the cargo hold could be exchanged for small tanks like the Paralyzer. Because this was a fantasy vehicle and never actually willed into plastic form, it never had any conventional limitations. So Cobra could do with it what they would. It was a design that just stuck, I guess. One artist, probably Rod Wiggum, in the 30s and 40s of the run, designed it. And it just caught on. Like, every Joe artist from then onwards penciled this chopper. Yeah, they decided that was the de facto Cobra standard chopper. And it was a good one. It really looked fantastic. And the more they used it, the more it got fleshed out. Well, Rod Wiggum, his grasp of the, the vehicle's dimensions and lines and shape. Like, he made a good style sheet out of it. Yeah, must have. Yeah. Thank you, Mr. Artist. Jump in. I was waiting for that. Like, throw me a lifeline. <laughs> anyway, anyway, I'm like, Steve wants a lifeline. I'll let him hang a little. Oh, okay. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> That's what friends are for. Anyways, guys, I feel like I'm doing way too much talking because I'm just so excited. Rob, why don't you jump in with what you think of the retaliation toys? I mean, the photos that, that have been released. We are recording in mid March 2012, so we've got Toy Fair 2012's images to, to play with. 
What do you think of those? Well, overall, I think they're, they're interesting, and they're doing cool stuff with some of the things that they've shown. Like, I like the redesign of Cobra Commander's outfit, that it, it feels more real than the, the helmet. I think that's quite cool. I like that. I have to agree with you there. Yeah, it just looks more real, and the way that they incorporated the mouth of the, the Cobra into the... You know, we'll just say it's a marked improvement from the bedpan <laughs> thing that they had in Rise of Cobra. That the shiny, yep. transparent... Yeah. What, what where were they going with that? They just made it up. They just thought, hey, <laughs> let's redesign Cobra Commander's look. Never mind the fact that it's worked for, like, decades. I kind of like it, just to jump in there. Mm-hmm. I do kind of like the, the skull face Cobra Commander to a degree. I think I have mentioned this to you before. Although I've always thought of it as like that is the sort of intermediate step that he would have that on his face and then wear the helmet over that. And I've got a funny feeling in the film they're going to play on that a little bit as well. Well, it remains to be seen exactly how much of Rise of Cobra they choose to ignore and how much of it is a bit of a retcon and how much of it they maintain. Well, it kind of motivates his reason for wanting to cover his face. It's not just to remain hidden. It's because he's really disgusting to look at. Yeah, he's got a really shitty helmet. <laughs> you know, a really <laughs> shitty mask. <laughs> it's like, fanboys didn't like this, so now I'm going to wear a chrome faceplate. <laughs> so I take it the new look Cobra Commander gets a, a three thumbs up? I mean, we'll probably... Oh, totally. Yeah, and I'll definitely get one. The likelihood of seeing those toys, or particularly Cobra Commanders, Roadblocks, Snake Eyes, maybe to some extent Duke, is quite strong. Because typically we don't get G.I. Joe stuff unless there's a movie tied in. It just doesn't sell with kids unless there's a very relevant, very immediate source like a feature film. The brand definitely needs steroids in the country to sell. I mean, you see the same thing with the superhero figures. They don't just release Iron Man toys unless there's a film. I mean, Star Wars has always sort of gone strong, but I don't know if you noticed recently, Star Wars has just been released in South Africa in 3D, the episode one. So you're seeing a lot of Star Wars merch on the shelves. You always find a Star Wars figure here and there, but they've gone quite gung-ho with it. There's Star Wars plushies and there's Star Wars masks and the lightsabers are back on pegs, things like that. So I've got quite a lot of faith in the fact that the new Joe figures will most likely get the same treatment in South Africa, but it's difficult to say because I don't know how well the last batch did in South Africa. That's the other thing. I see a lot of Rise of Cobra stuff on clearance and in our neck of the woods, that's quite a statement. Yes. The fact that it was so proliferated that it's gone on clearance. I mean, normally we get a little sprinkling of toys from each line, but Rise of Cobra did not do well, sadly. Well, you can't blame kids in a lot of ways, and you can't really blame a lot of toy collectors because the figures, I know they get a lot of hate internationally. There's a few that I really like, but that's the whole thing with Rise of Cobra. It's an inconsistent line. There's great figures and there's really shit figures. The really bad figures are just not appealing to kids, I think, because they they just, I don't know, they just don't gel with them. Um, I I just don't think kids know what G.I. Joe is. The film was a it's on the random side. Yes. It's not entirely sure where it was coming from. I mean, we know G.I. Joe because we've been fans since we were children when it was the biggest toy. Now, it's coming out of nowhere, basically. They finally made these films, but they're making them based on a heyday that was 25 years ago. Yeah, as a reintroductionist, it wasn't very good at all. It wasn't handled well. It was putting too much stuff into one thing. With the the sort of sci-fi elements and the the really terrible war elements and the soldiering wasn't 
Well, it was more of an, a sci-fi adventure than a, than a war flick. Yeah. I think we can all well, agree on that. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, like, um, I don't want to wax too lyrical on the movie now, but it's got a military aspect, but not really. And it's got a sci-fi aspect, but not really. I think all in all in the film, yeah, I think a lot of kids were confused by it, to be honest. I think a lot of adults got it, but I don't think it resonated well with kids at all. Well, it's just because it's not the biggest Saturday morning cartoon anymore. Anymore. Yeah, in exactly 1985, that. it was. A movie would have been ripe right about then. Now, it's like, what's G.I. Joe? I watched Ben 10. Yeah, well, that's exactly it. You know, Ben but 10 okay. with its limited articulation and cool vehicles. Well, this is the next topic. The vehicles proposed for retaliation. Any thoughts on those? Originally, when I saw them, I was really optimistic. I was quite excited because a lot of the figures that had come about, I, I'm really liking a lot of the retaliation shows. I think Hasbro's really done a good thing, especially for us old school fans. They've thrown in a lot of nods uh, with the Crimson Viper and the Night Viper, which are two big figures I'm, I'm excited about, as well as finally having Jinx and Oakley would be cool especially for me I'm a fan I'm a big fan of the ninja side of G.I. Joe so when I saw the vehicles I was like okay cool this is really really awesome and as I'm looking at them more and more I'm actually I'm turned off them because the bikes they seem pretty generic there's nothing exciting from what I can tell in the pictures yet the so called uh, Arashikage 4x4 or Ninja 4x4 is oh, just the yeah, it's the it's the modern vamp that it's got a canopy on it and it's blue and it's got Arashikage labels on it so hit yeah, when did the Arashikage up. get like a motor pool. I'm sorry. This is just too absurd for words. That gunship, I was really excited. Wow, there's a gunship and now I'm looking at it. I have to agree with uh, what the guy said. I can't even remember the name of the podcast and I'm sorry to, you know, podcast in question here, but I have to agree with them when they say it's a bit of a Ninja Turtle vehicle. Uh, the color scheme and also the shape of it it's just got a very Ninja Turtle feel to it. Although it's cool, it's just not G.I. Joe cool. Hang on, hang on. What is cool about it? I'm sorry. Paul, I have to call your bluff here. This, this vehicle is just an abomination. I'll come out and say it. I could not be less enthusiastic about the vehicles for this line. Well, that's the thing. I'm, I'm trying not to be, like, too much of an asshole towards it because I, I fully agree with you. I just, you know, I, I don't want to knock it down too much, you know. Okay, I've never had an awe striker. If we get the buggy that has an included snake eyes, yeah. I'll buy it, but I'll turn yeah. it into an awe striker. That, I'll hold you to that. That ninja grapple hook with the rope on the on the roof. What, is this awe striker supposed to, like, scale walls? <laughs> a la... Batman Forever. It's just stupid. And it's yeah, I, it's painted with Arashikage symbols. I mean, you know, when the Arashikage the mythos was being introduced, it was like a secret. It was like a secret clan. It was this secret ninja group that somehow kept recurring. It was a recurring theme within G.I. Joe. And the coolest thing about it was it was a secret. And we learned more about it in bits and pieces. Now it's like advertising to the world. It's like a, a third faction. Just like Yo. Destro's Iron Grenadiers, you've got the Arashikage clan. Another thing that strikes me a lot, and I don't know if any of you guys have noticed, but the three-pack Ninja Dojo set, the roadblock in that set has an Arashikage tattoo. Oh my goodness. Really? Yeah, that's what I thought too when I saw that. I was like, what? <laughs> It's bad enough he has those things stuck into his hand. But they, they like still, there's a lot of controversy about that. I, I wonder if that'll actually um, come out. Because uh, I remember reading on General Joe's that it was just a prototype shot and that he is actually going to have proper hands. We can only hope and pray. Because while The Rock will never be... Uh, okay, I need to embrace the new a little bit. But to yeah. my mind, I have a canonic-looking roadblock. And he will always be my roadblock. And that's the one from Resolute. That yes, roadblock is agreed. just, it just owns. So The Rock will be something in my collection. I think I'd be stupid not to get one, since he plays such a large part of the movie. 
Yeah. But that's not Roadblock, man. That's no, that's a, how that's I a feel wrestling like, figure. Uh, <laughs> I just find with the retaliation line, uh, the more and more I look at it, the more I'm finding myself doing the G.I. Joe fanboy thing again. I'm clutching to the characters that I really like. Once again, I'm going to mention the Night Viper and the new Crimson Guard. And but I we really won't love get those. Guys. We will not I, I, get those locally. I guarantee you. The Crimson Guard, the Night Viper, those will be American in releases only. Yeah, I doubt we'll get them here on our We're going to get Roadblock, we're going to get Cobra Commander, we're going to get Snake Eyes, Storm Shadow, and as I say, maybe Duke, and whew, I'm holding my thumbs that we get Joe Colton. Yes, and also those Cobra Vipers, the, the new ones with the parachutes, that's probably the one bigger that I'm probably the most excited about in that line, uh, oddly enough. I mean, the Night Vipers and stuff, they're a given, but to have a, a, a G.I. Joe with a parachute again is very cool for me, because the last time I had that was when I got Static Line oh, all those yeah. years ago, and I didn't know he had a parachute because it was kind of like stashed behind him, so it's one of those childhood memory things that are going to pop out now. Yo, was the parachute white? Or silver. For static line, mine yeah. was silver. Oh man, that must have been cool. It is, it's like chrome, yeah, it was like a chrome silver and it was really badass. I actually managed to hold on to that for a very long time, surprisingly. Uh, I mean, and we used to throw it out in the garden a lot, my friend Dave and I. I well, mean, that got I a imagine... lot of mileage out of us. I think I lost most of static line's gear, but the parachute and the backpack stayed for a good long time, actually. Kick ass, man. Though I imagine it didn't really hold its weight too well. It didn't slow his descent down all too much, but it, it looked cool when you sort of hit it right. You had to practice a few times before you could get it to open up the way you wanted it to. That's how you folded it. That was a catch. It's an odd form. Okay, so, going around the room, what of the retaliation toys are getting the definite must-have recommendation, and what are we going to give the massive awful skip to you. You're totally a Sith, eh? It's all absolutes with you, man. Yeah, um, man. Oh, dude. I want the Bruce Willis figure, like, a lot, because, like, just owning... John McClane! Yes, even if he isn't, you know, the G.I. Joe. It's just, that would be so awesome. Like, I, I love to, Yeah, I agree. I could do with him looking a bit less like a bodybuilder, but, hey, it's an action figure. It needs to look, it's, I don't know, It's bigger than life. Yeah, exactly. Heroic. He needs to be able to go out there and get the, you know, get the guys. Um, and then I think I like the new Snake Eyes figure as well. The sort of, oh. the, the ninja, whatever, the, that one. Because you can never have enough snake eyes. Well, I only I have about three or four. I don't own like 20 or so, like some people. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose on that ground, I disqualify myself from getting another snake eyes. Though, if I see them in the aisles of checkers or pick and pay, I might not be able to resist. It's just too cool to be able to buy G.I. Joe in the flesh again. Yes. This is a reason to celebrate. And let's face it, even the bad figures are good. These figures yep. are at the pinnacle of their, their technological advancement. They are just superb. Paint applications, articulation, accessories, just the look of them is light years away from, from what we started out with. I mean, no matter how nostalgically we cling to the past and enjoy the original Real American Hero style Joes, these guys are just, they're just superhuman action figures, if that makes oh, any sense. Too. Rob, what, what else do you want to get? Oh, and Cobra Commander. They have a proper iconic one. So, I mean, we have the original 25th anniversary Cobra Commander, but... With the hood. And his closed fist. But it's just, it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel like he's ready to go out and, like, kill... Shows. Yeah, man, that battle helmet's very necessary. And with the embellishments, it looks more like a helmet. It doesn't look like 
hey, this guy's got a chromed head uh, with a helmet sitting on top of it. A nice thing about that new Cobra Commander, and it's something that I saw with the Resolute one as well, is a little bit more beefy as a skull. The original CCs from uh, 25th anniversary are very skinny. Yeah. Because he's just wearing his, his suit. Like, essentially, like yeah. a, a battle dress tunic. So it's well tailored, and I don't imagine Cobra Command to be a physically imposing man. But yeah. when you're going into battle, you're going to pad up. You're going to wear body armor. Maybe not to the extent of the robot battle armor of 1987 Cobra Commander. <laughs> Yeah. But he's certainly going to have a decent battle dress, which this uh, one cool. achieves quite handsomely. So that gets a tick from me as well. Yeah, no, I have to agree with you on that one, Steve. Definitely, dude. I'm going to say unequivocally that I'm going to skip on all the vehicles. I do <laughs> not <laughs> like... We established one. <laughs> well, I, I do not like what they did with the new Hiss tank. They put a gunner in the turret, which is a nod to the old school Hiss. Cool. But the gunner just doesn't sit low enough in that turret and he has nowhere to sit it's designed for an automated turret it's not designed for a manned turret so it just looks awkward and it is silly needless retooling to be fair it's not even necessarily retooling if you look very carefully you'll see the treads aren't the same treads as the modern hiss they don't they're not rubber and movable it's a single piece molded tread with mini wheels again so, so yeah it's a step that, backwards basically yeah it's a step backwards i i know why it's Probably it's a budget issue, I'm sure, but I, I agree, it's a complete step backwards. When I saw that, it actually put me off that his tank quite a bit, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, man, your one owns, that one, not so much. Yeah, well, that's the thing, you know. Which is basically the equation that I keep coming back to. Does this version kick out the previous one? Because we get so much retreading of past product, it's a case of, does this Duke really usurp my current Duke? It's not like we're getting new characters every single wave. Which was, yeah. in hindsight, a very clever idea of Hasbro. Larry Homer approached them on this point quite famously and said, Listen guys, we've got a new mortar soldier being released, we've got a new infantryman, we've got a new laser guy. Why can't we just name them Flash or Short Fuse or Grunt? Why do we introduce these new characters with new names and new backstories? Just making my life more difficult to try and keep track of all these people. Well, this is exactly why. So that yeah. you need to have the new figure. You can't get by with your old figure playing that character when the new figure is a completely new character. So coming back to that his tank, I, I really love the original his tank quite a bit. I used to love it in the cartoon because I am quite a big fan of the of the tune. But then you best be getting yourself one, Paul. Come on, buddy. You don't have a his tank. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I don't have an original black his tank because now that I'm looking at them, they they are inferior to the new one. The new one really has, in my mind, taken the cake. It's the cool one. Yes, you know, uh, and but it's not without its issues. No, anyway, we can we can save that for another podcast. <laughs> totally. So, what are you getting from this line, my friend? First and foremost, the Cobra Viper with his parachute, as mentioned earlier, because it's just freaking cool. It's good to have G.I. Joe's again with proper play features and not just launching missiles. That's another thing I generally, as a, as a consumer, like to support ideas that are good ideas. So when a game is good, I like to buy the game and hopefully convince other people to buy the game because that means that they'll make more games like that. I believe the same thing holds true for figures. So... That's a concept I think is going to do very, very well within the Joe community. Yeah, I want to be part of the support team on that. Plus, I really like the figure. I think he's really cool. I really love the Snake Eyes from the Battle Pack, from the Ninja Showdown Pack that's going to be coming out. It's the Dojo Battle 3 Pack. I actually think out of all the Snake Eyes coming out, he is the best looking one. He looks a lot like Tim Bradstreet's artwork from when they did G.I. Joe Reloaded. I think he's I recall that, yeah. yeah he's the got same, very same web gear, same sort of pouches, ammo pouches around his waist. Damn right, and it just looks 
the death. Um, they've given him a, a more of a Tanto style uh, sword again. That's a straight bladed, no handguard katana, very much like the Renegades katanas, but they work very well within the figure. I, he's got great sculpting. I do see a little bit of a pot reuse. I think it's just in the lower forearms, but I can't be sure because I need to go through all my older ones again. And Cobra Commander, I have to agree with Rob. The new Cobra Commander has definitely uh, caught me, especially because he looks like that in the film. And it works in real life. It's cool to have a, a figure representation of that. And Jinx. Jinx will be a big purchase of mine. And uh, I love Jinx. Both and versions. I think she's represented well in the film so far. Well, all, all three versions, Paul? I mean, specify, buddy. They seem to That's be... That's the thing. I can't pinpoint the version I want yet because the one that they're doing for the convention is looking really interesting. She looks harkened more to classic Jinx. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's a single card. She's white. Uh, it's like her training gear. I think that right. So, I might I stand to be corrected, but I think that might also be a convention exclusive. Ugh, come on. Oh. That's her, like, Arashikage dojo outfit from the comic series, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Maybe right, she looks yeah. like that in the film as well. But, like, that's Jinx when Billy gets introduced to her. Okay, well, they've changed the head sculpt. They've updated that to look like the yeah. movie Jinx instead of the short, spiky head. I don't think we're going to get that. You won't even get the yellow jinx, which is the standard one, probably. But that's the thing. Is yellow jinx really jinx? Because I've got this odd feeling it's a helix. Buddy, <laughs> helix is so far to nowhere a character. You, you know, not even crystal ball comes close. She doesn't No, you're exist. right. But the she's, thing is, she's doing... You're right, but she's doing a lot of rounds in the comic books at the moment. She's and become the comics quite are the only... They're the only medium that, that picked her up. I mean, she made an appearance in the terrible Rise of Cobra video game. Well, that's where she's from. <laughs> and she's got, a, she's got a figure. But that's it for Helix, man. And I don't think the yellow outfit... Well, hey, you know what? I might be eating my words when the film comes out, so let me not speak anymore. <laughs> that's the whole thing. I mean, you know, it, it'll be great to like listen to these again and laugh at some of our silly predictions. Yeah, buddy. You should listen to a previous one that mentioned... How much we were hoping Norga Hyde comes with his sniper rifle or something like Hasbro listen listen to our prayers. <laughs> well, Hasbro didn't listen to our prayers, man. <laughs> Big surprise there. Personally, out of this line, I could not get another Storm Shadow or Snake Eyes. I'm at my capacity. I am very keen on them. I think they're great figures. The Storm Shadow is fantastic. They're beautiful, they're sleek, well-executed, they're going to be great figures, and I'm sure they'll fly off shelves. Oh, I hope they do. But for me, it comes down to the figures we're not likely to see in South Africa, and that would probably be Zartan. Yeah. Please, Zartan. That Zartan looks amazing. Mm. And comes with a translucent, or should come with a translucent snake eyes head. Wow. Okay. I'm sold. I'm a little undecided on him still, to be honest. I think his proportions and stuff, he's looking a bit weird. Well, you've got every other Zartan to date, man. You can pick and I know, and, that, and I think that's why I'm so um, touchy about it, because I'm a big Zartan fanboy. I really like Zartan. He's, he definitely forms part of the, the mythos for me. He's one of my favorite characters. I think that's why I'm being so picky, actually. Well, it's a nice new take on it, though, I think. I mean, they're trying something a little different, sort of making him... You know, a bit thinner and giving him, I mean, slightly different colors as well, isn't it? And sort of the green eyes. One can only <laughs> hope that, that this Sartan gets some screen time. Mm. To my mind, it looks like a very much a between the pages or on the cutting room floor kind of Sartan. Like, let's make a cool 
action figure of Zartan, but in the film, all we're going to see Zartan do... Yeah, he's just going to be the president. president. Oh, but we can hope, hey? I mean, that would be oh, just totally. too cool. If, if like, there's some final showdown with Zartan, you know, Snake Eyes makes it into the White House, which is held by Cobra agents, and takes on Zartan to try and stop him from impersonating the president of the United States. I don't know. I just think that would be too cool. But will it still be, like, Arnold Vosky, though? Like, is he, is he in the cast list? I don't know. Uh, I actually don't know. I must be honest, I'm on a media blackout for the G.I. Joe film now because oh, okay. I don't want to spoil anything for myself. <laughs> Me too. We can only but speculate. And in our speculations, this film is gold. Let me tell you. Yeah. We we should write this movie, I swear. I would definitely get a Jinx, the classic red outfit, no matter how much it costs. I would appreciate that far more than I would appreciate a convention Zorana. Just because, <laughs> I don't know, the, 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 the ninjas hold some appeal for me that Zartan's siblings do not. That's one part of the canon which I will gladly ignore. Zartan doesn't need siblings. He doesn't need dreadnoughts. Zartan is within himself an enigma. And the more you populate his world with these weirdos with pink hair and tattoos and bikes, the more it takes from that enigma. So I prefer to ignore the Zoranas, and, and I do like the Arashikage mythos, so Jinx is, is a no-brainer for me. They're doing a, a Hardmaster? Is it Hardmaster? Uh, it's the Blindmaster. Blind Blindmaster, yeah. there we go, the cool one. He looks great, he really does. He looks really great, the figure is great. Yeah, man. Like, uh, that's the thing with the retaliation line. I think the only figure I'm really not excited to get, and uh, you always hear this come out of my mouth, is Duke. I'm not really excited about the new Duke figure. Yeah. And that enormous BFG of his. Wow. <laughs> they really went to town with that. <laughs> Kudos to Hasbro for trying to do something different with the with plastic missile launchers, though. Yeah. Because, I mean, that BFG slots into a, a rocket launcher to turn it into the, you know, the BFMG, you know? You know, like... <laughs> Or BMFG, no, so uh, to speak. If that doesn't sell, I don't know what will. I know, right? <laughs> My friend, I don't think those sold back when we were buying them in 91. I would sooner take a ninja with a chopping action than, like, one of those enormous launches. Those things just wind up, they just wind up in a box. Yeah, I know, that's what I did. But Even the problem is you couldn't put ninja action in a box. That was, that uh, ninja action is something that I hope has died now for good. It was less obtrusive on the ninja force, though. Come on. Yes, but, but it limited their articulation, which I didn't like at all. But it was so like a ratchet. They, they're meant to be the most articulated, and like the Snake Eyes had like crappy legs. Yes, I remember uh, that. I had one. Yeah, I'd sooner forget that Snake Eyes and just think more about the original assortment of Ninja Force. Yeah, totally. The, the cool uh, slice dice, the shebang. It, it occurred to me that if you filed down those little notches on their waists yeah. that prevented them from moving at the waist, they'd probably move just fine. Look, there were ways rounded, but it didn't bother me at the time, mm. I must say. Possibly it still doesn't. I don't know. I can't say I play with them much. <laughs> they just <laughs> sit in the box. Well, anyway. that's the thing. They uh, It's like it's not the ninjas that kill G.I. Joe. It's that action feature and then followed by a minimal articulation spacesuit Joe's that kind of hurt my playtime with Joe's quite a bit when I was younger. It made me even more nostalgic then to get our old school Joe's. Yeah, that feeling obviously carried on through uh, till now when we had the 25th releases. Yeah, I, I don't have any love for Ninja Action. I'm pretty lenient on toy purchases, but I've definitely not bought that Snake Eyes or that Storm Shadow with the Ninja Action. I like the Storm Shadow sculpt to a degree, but I just can't bring myself to buy it because that's just me supporting something I don't like. <laughs> well, this 
definitely is a debate for another podcast. But oh, totally. I'm going to leave it at the fact that I really love the base Joes, <laughs> and I really, really love the ninjas, even with chopping action. <laughs> but hey, like I say, we'll, we'll leave that for another time. Let's segue now into our little nostalgia sting that we talked about at the beginning of this podcast. Paul, Rob, and I have decided to each come up with our favorite one-man aerial vehicle. <laughs> now, the G.I. Joe line was populated with jet packs and trouble bubbles and helipacks and gyrocopters and just anything that flew, basically. It was yes. gold. To have your figure strap something to his back or to jump into something and be able to fly around the room you know, you needed to be able to fly, basically. Yeah, and it was always cool. It always gave that um, one special Joe an edge. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's a wealth of accessories to choose from. But Paul, Rob, and I have each come up with our absolute favorites, and we're going to explain why. Yeah. I think the fairest way to do this is alphabetically, because that means I get to go last. <laughs> oh, yeah, that means I'm fi- the first, eh? <laughs> Hit it, Paul. Okay, I've been giving this quite a bit of thought. You're what such a liar. <laughs> you asked me about it like now. No. Just no, before no, we no. started recording. You mentioned it. I, that was the one topic I could remember. I was sitting and going, which one is actually my favorite one-man show vehicle? And I even asked you if a, a certain thing would qualify, and you said yes. And I was like, oh, crap, here we go. It opens the floodgates. It was between the target and General Hawk with his jetpack. General Hawk wins. You know, I took Rob up on a little frenzy bet that you'd say that. Oh, really? I <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, misnomers of General Hawk aside, you got a really awesome looking backpack, which is very feasible. It looks like a piece of an F-14, for starters. It had little notches for the missiles on it, which were cool because that was detachable ordnance, which I always think is pretty cool on any vehicle. And it's always good when it's on a vehicle. It better be on a vehicle. It should be standard on a vehicle. But anyway, but I dug it. It just made that figure so cool. And his helmet and the whole design of the figure just lends itself exceptionally well to that. And I have a lot of memories with it because, I don't know if you guys know this, but you use Hawk in the, is it the last level, second last level? It's the last of level. the uh, G.I. Joe Nest game. Yeah. You get to fly that backpack. What a and great. that was really cool. And, uh, oh, that, incidentally, that's listeners, if you haven't pegged by now, we use the intro music for that uh, Nintendo game to kickstart our podcast. But don't tell anybody. Ooh, we didn't ask for the rights. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Although, honestly, I'm sure they're just happy that somebody remembers the game. I, I think the developers would be happy. But I think yeah, the developers I, have become defunct. What does Taxan put out anymore? I think well, Taxan Soft, just um, so you know, was actually a, a company that was kind of a front for Capcom, so that Capcom could be in an American market as Capcom and as another company. Uh, the same thing happened with Metal Gear. I'm trying to remember their name now, but it's also very much a company like Taxan Soft, which actually published it, but published the game uh, in the guise of being the developers. That's a fun fact for you. And then, if I can just touch on the target, just very briefly tough choice between the two the target's backpack as a kid I always loved it I love the the wing feature you know the yeah. swing out wings but I don't know if you guys have ever noticed this but when you look at it and you turn the backpack upside down it kind of looks like a goofy cartoon dog yes. ever since I noticed that I can't unsee it and that is why that's one of the main reasons Hawk's backpack <laughs> wins for me odd I know dude but, you can hey. see all sorts of things in that target backpack it's got a really out there design totally does I remember using it as a small shuttle craft if you can imagine scaling everything down yeah and that being a spacecraft on its own yes that's also something i'm sure i did with it as well the fact that the wings swing out it's a toy on its own i mean it's got its own little action feature so that's gold 
Robbie, over to you, sir. Well, yeah, actually, my favorite is Target. Yes! <laughs> he says this while actually clutching the vintage figure in his hands. It's just one of those toys that I remember getting in Dion so many years ago. Because I just love the faceless figures of Cobra. They're just yep. allowed so much more play and more imagin- imagination. They don't even have to be Cobra. They could be something else. Which Cyborg. Cool. Yeah, or like, yeah, T-1000 or something. Like, how many of you guys, and I don't know if this is just me, but every time Cobra had a faceless trooper, I always used to imagine it was a, a robot. Yes, definitely. With jet boots. <laughs> yes. Because they have the holes. Right? They holes in the boots. <laughs> Yeah, man, we can't escape it. Sorry, Rob. No, 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 no it's fine. I mean, the target is. I d- yeah, I just love it. And the, the color scheme is so good. I mean, it's black just with the blue and the red, and it's not too much. And I love that he has sort of a cover for his helmet. And also the fact that he has a gun attached to the backpack as well. And there's yes. like a whole barrel of ammo up in there. And I just think it's so cool. And the fact that they're so badass that they just sort of drop out of space to come and kill G.I. Joe or anyone else that Mars isn't appreciating on that day. You've got to hand it to Mars. They had the most insane insertion methods cooked up. Yeah, Mars is off the wall, dude. (laughs) Their elite troopers have, like, helicopter packs, the annihilators. And Mars was very much about the aerial aspect. I mean, half the time, you know, Destro is always in some sort of flying thing. Yes. Anti-gravity pods and his despoiler? Yes. Despoiler? How do you even pronounce that? The spoiler. Spoiler. You say so. It is I, the spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well, it seems like we're all in the same vein. It's definitely being won by the jetpacks at the moment. Helipacks are not featuring on our list, but I'm going to chalk up another jetpack. This one is the 1982 original JUMP, the Jet Mobile Propulsion Unit. Now, back in 82, it was released with its own little stand, which had a console on it and a recharge socket for the jetpack and the attached laser blaster. And it just was so wrapped up in itself. I mean, it was a a separate accessory. This didn't come with a figure initially. I mean, in 83, they released it with Silver Pads Grand Slam. And only one man had the ball to ride that thing. Well, back in 82, one man had the balls to ride that. And it was the original, smooth-talking, street, African-American, rhyming stalker. I mean, oh, be- before... Not so much be- rhyming, but... No, he was rhyming, dude. <laughs> I, I, original I, jungle cat, dude. <laughs> read issue number one again, my friend. Stalker is rhyming. Like, every line that he has, he's rhyming. Ain't no lie, I love to fly. (laughs) That was his line as he takes off in the jetpack and brings the pain to Cobra. He was the original jump pilot. So wasn't one of the other users of the jump Starduster as well? When he he was introduced in 86, no? I can't remember. Starduster was like a non-feature for me because he wasn't released conventionally. He was like a mail-away. And that, I mean, mail-away figures were dead to us. (laughs) Oh. If it wasn't on a catalogue that found its way into a European release vehicle, we didn't know about it. Yeah, exactly. Yes, listeners, it's a desert out there. And we're in it. <laughs> this is Africa. So this was just like a very cool accessory. And it came from the prehistory of G.I. Joe, where they still referred to each Joe kind of anonymously, like, strap this jetpack to your G.I. Joe and make him fly high above danger. I mean, it's like they ditched that motif eventually when it became more character-driven. But the mentality back in 82 was still like G.I. Joe were just a bunch of regular Joes, like the 12-inch figures. You could kind of imbue your figure with 
his own character and arm him with all his gear. Like, it's not like everyone had a specific item that they used, person. It's like, your Joe is your Joe. And he's basically an extension of you. I don't know, that just seemed like the mentality early on before they started writing very involved backstories for each, well, each of the core characters at least. But here's a fun bit of information about that original jump. It had 22 information points on the blueprint. That's 22 points about basically a jetpack, its included laser, and the stand from which it was taken off and landed on. Yeah, basically something the size of a briefcase. Uh, a, big, a, a big briefcase and a, and a, and a table <laughs> Joe size That is just so incredibly wrapped up In its own technical detail Just to put it in perspective The USS Flag's blueprints How many information points do you think they have on that document? Probably about 20 as well 21 <laughs> The jetpack from 1982 Beats more. the flag by one Wow it's got an on-off switch. Bits of sculpted detail, which are fantastically sculpted. I mean, it, it's a beautiful piece. Every little detail has an information point attached to it, like recharging port or Which is kind of sad if feed. you think about it now. How I find that in the 25th re-release, the jump features more of the Cobra uh, idea, if you know what I mean. Yes, the mouth open, I've got the, the flag. Duke has it, but the, the Cobra Air Trooper, I mean, he's got that jump pack, and it's got the little machine gun with the cable going into it, and it just seems more complete comes with Duke. Sadly, by retreading it so many times, it's lost a lot of its majesty. But back in 82, it came in its own box, okay? It had its own box art. It had its own blueprints. It had its own label sheets. I mean, this is just a jetpack, right? But it's got a little sticker that says danger on it, and a little sticker that says first aid kit. And sadly, by retreading it and reissuing it, it's kind of lost some of that. I look at the 25th anniversary version that I got with uh, Stalker from the Ultimate Battle Pack. It's the same. It's the same thing. It's still got a cable running out of it and a, a laser blaster, which sadly has lost the infrared sight. There was an additional little plastic sight mounted on the blaster, but they've omitted that. Maybe it would have been too easily broken. It just doesn't have the same gravity as that original green team piece of equipment. Gravity. Which... Her, 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 her. <laughs> And another fun fact about the jetpack, while I've got you guys in the palm of my hand, they apparently have enough range to fly 19 miles and a top speed of 210 miles per hour. Wow. That translates to 338 kilometers per hour, <laughs> or if you are aviation-minded, that's about 188 knots. So That's could, really fast. It's really fast, and you could cover 19 miles, which is its maximum range, in 5.5 minutes. So to put that in perspective, you could fly from Cape Town International Airport to the waterfront, 5.5 minutes, and then you'd be running your tanks dry, basically. Wow. Where are the fuel tanks, you might ask? Well, you know, this is G.I. Joe, this is sci-fi fantasy, let it ride. Well, that's the thing, I mean, there's no control surfaces on it either. Well, maybe those nozzles were directional, oh, and they, of course. Should, they I mean, should have included that on the blueprint. Oh, dear. Well, that's what our imaginations are for. So, I mean, we were kids. It helped. Oh, and if any of you intrepid listeners out there are trying to find out where I got the statistics from, it's from the trading cards put out by Impel in the early 90s. So they were referencing back to the JUMP in the early 90s, like 10 years after its release. And they were still revering it as the high and mighty G.I. Joe jump, which is cool. It's a nice 
sense of history. The original blueprints insisted that this thing actually had a range of about 300 miles as opposed to 19. And it had a 2 hour endurance and 150 mile power top speed. So the top speed was slightly slower, but it could fly for 2 hours. That I had difficulty swallowing. It'd be really uncomfortable flying in that thing for 2 hours. No doubt. Yeah, no, yeah. totally. That's one thing as well on the 25th anniversary that they kind of addressed. At least the Cobra troopers have helmets to assist with uh, things like, Navigation. you know, low, I mean, high altitudes and, you know, not being able to breathe and, you know, yeah. those little things. While in, like, the animated film, Duke is just flying that thing around, like, willy-nilly, just like, ah, grab the bomb, close up. So, guys, any closing thoughts? Two things. One is sort of meeting... 25th anniversary Joe's again uh, after all of this time I mean there was a huge gap in my life I, I don't know if a lot of you listeners have experienced this but being in South Africa we just couldn't get Joe's it was impossible and I used to actually have dreams of walking into toy shops and into stores I normally go to uh, in my normal daily life and finding a whole bunch of GI Joe's that somehow I'd managed to walk past for the last 10 years I'd get all excited and wake up and feel really sad that they weren't actually you know real so coming across 25th anniversary Joe's and just having all these new memories with them, that has been in itself a very, very cool sort of ultimate G.I. Joe memory experience for me. And um, also being able to get a, a Mamba mint in box and a Phantom Mix 19 mint in box as well very recently off eBay has also been two uh, small triumphs as, a, 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 as an old fanboy because there were vehicles that, I mean, I didn't know the Mamba existed until there was just no way of uh, getting one and the X-19 was always a bit of a unicorn. It was always something I was trying to get hold of as a kid and it never came here. So those would be some of my best memories and also running into Steve who is also a like-minded fan. I remember when you brought all those vehicles and it just cemented everything and it just made it worth it again and I remembered why, you know, I love G.I. Joe. Yeah, that's me. It's <laughs> a very positive note to end on. Thank you, Hasbro. There's a lot of bitching in the fan community about the product that you guys put out. But you know what? Keep doing it, please. Yes. It gives us fuel to do what we do and love what we love. And, man, we've had some great times with this stuff. I, I was just about to add there, um, everything but that, you know, god-awful gunship that you guys have just done. They didn't do that. That doesn't exist. Dead to me. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, anything from you, my man? Yeah, I'm just so happy to own a sci-fi figure. Yeah, man. Anniversary. It's gorgeous. I love it. It's such a good update of the original figure. It makes him so much more awesome. Because, I mean, the other guy is almost like a midget, like really puffy cheeks and stuff. And this guy just <laughs> looks excellent. And I'm really happy to have him. And Steven, is there anything that you're, you're, you're happy with? I think I've gushed enough already. Um, yeah. Cheers, guys. Catch the next one. Yeah. Totally, dude. Yeah. And uh, also, Snake Eyes will be in our next podcast. Just want to put that out there. Oh, again, with the Snake Eyes. <laughs> well, he was here today. You know, you guys aren't on the live feed, and you can't see him. But right. he's totally here, and he... Yeah. No, Snake Eyes, you can't do that, dude. It's Steve, I know you guys haven't met, but you can't be flipping him the bird. Okay, that's not cool. <laughs> if you would like to comment on what you've heard, drop us a line, either on gijoburg.podbean.com that's G-I-J-O-B-U-R-G dot podbean.com or arealsouthafricanhero.blogspot.com That's a real South African hero with no spaces dot blogspot.com And if you really love us, find us on iTunes and subscribe. Yeah!